There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Emily, the au pair, calling from Paris on a very somber and confused Saturday morning. Please forgive the quality of my voice. I've been up all night. Whilst it's not strictly related to the archers, I wanted to take a little of your time to extend my heartfelt thanks to the many Dumpty Dummers and listeners of the archers who follow me on Twitter for their kindness. Last night, a group of individuals terrorised Paris. Many innocent people have been killed and many others were injured. The streets were in chaos and everyone was confused and frightened. And during this night and this morning, I have received many messages on Twitter from my fellow Archers fans asking if I was all right, if I was safe, if they could contact my family in the UK and also telling me if they had some friends in Paris who were offering port ouverte, which was the open doors for innocent people to find safe houses. Many of these messages kept coming through the night and many stayed in contact until they were satisfied I was safe. These are from people who I wouldn't know if it wasn't for the Archers community, for Dumpty Dum and for Twitter. And I would just like to thank all of these people um, for their compassion and for their consideration of me and thinking of me at that time. I'd like to reassure you all that I am safe, that the people I care about in Paris are safe, and that I hope normality will resume soon. My heartfelt gratitude to you all. Je suis un dumpty dumel et je suis parisienne. Allez, au revoir. This show is sponsored by Glynful Love, who would like to highlight Urban Sprawl CIC, a Leeds-based theatre group working with people affected by homelessness. To find out more about them, go to urbansprawl.org.uk or find them on Facebook. At Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Valen says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. Hang on, no, Miss I'm Alliance, Miss Alliance is a musical. Can you count us in? Okay. One... Two, three, four. Dumpty, 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 dum, dumpty, dumpty, dum, 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 d
This is Dumbly Dumbly Show about the reality docudrama that's centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Tank Regiment, that is Roy Field Brown, and with me I have the mob of raucous squaddies, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our 21st birthday party is you. Now, today's Dumbly Dum is a group of reprobates singing their heads off drunkenly at the Dumbly Dum dinner that featured one, the great... Graham Seed. I was going to say the late Graham Seed. But, oh, God. <laughs> the late Nigel Partiter. <laughs> but the wonderful, lovely Graham Seed, who was indeed wonderfully fantabulous. Lucy, mm-hmm. can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dunity Dumber of the Week? You know what I think people should do? What? I think groups, clusters of Dumpty Dummers should get clumps. together. Clumps yeah, clumps. They should get together and, and belt this out together. Yes. Well, they like getting together. They liked getting together uh, at the weekend, didn't they? It's they jolly did. good. Oh, you know what? I had a little. I had a little bit of a, a hug with with Auntie Jean. I had some Auntie Jean action. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I loved it when she came in and went, Auntie Jean. There was like this, <laughs> this little squeak went round the table when everyone realised who she was. Yeah, she was very very annoyed at having to pay thirty p to have a wee, though, wasn't she? Well, I did tell her, right? She wasn't impressed. You said pub pubs are free. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never understand how anybody gets off at a train station and then has to pay for a tinkle. You just find that you find the nearest pub, which there's always yep. one in the train station, and you yes. go there. Yeah, yes. There's, there's, wins, th- there's my tip. There's my tip. Also, I, um, I did love it when she said, "I said, how are you getting home?" She said, "I'm getting an Uber. <laughs> I'm going to put an Uber for now. It's great." Mm. But she had a nice time. She was in Brixton, and then she posted a picture the next day with her son, oh, with her nephew. Nephew, sorry. nephew, and, and his hubby, and yes, and uh, yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely meet me in Auntie Jean, and I've never met Miss Alliance before, so that was that was also. Oh, fun. haven't you? No, 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 no. Ah, oh, of course, no, you haven't, have you? But yeah, no. yeah. I felt a little bit bad because I didn't get to speak to um, Alison Nozilla. No, well, I did, and didn't realise it was her. Well, I didn't. At all, because there was two Allisons. There's Mistress Collis, and yeah. I had a proper natter with her. She'd come all the way down from Bournemouth, and she's a knitter. Yeah. And uh, and so we had a natter, and we took a selfie. Uh, and then it was only at the end, when everybody had gone home, I went, oh, my goodness, there was another Allison. Then I figured out who it was. So I'm really sorry that I didn't speak we to We have Alison. to make everybody put their Twitter names on. Otherwise, I don't know who anybody is. I know I'm supposed to know everybody's first names, but I don't. Mm. It was it was a lovely evening though, wasn't it? It was. It was mm-hmm. very good. And I felt a little bit delicate the next morning, but only a little bit. Yeah. All right. So if you want to come to it next time, folks, make sure that you turn up. There you and go. And Nan- Nancy Dickey is organising it because she has volunteered. She was desperate, gagging, uh, to be our social event organiser. She wasn't Ooh. really. I made her do it. Um, and she said, I'll help, and then backed away hurriedly. But anyway. Oh, um, it, was, it was nice to meet much better Nancy job too. Yes, although you did a marvellous job at organising it. You, you, just, well you, done. you just said she'd make a much better job of it th- than us. But you, did a, you did a good job. She will do an excellent job. Mm. 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 Right. I feel like you just like... Probably without the fight with the management at the end. <laughs> a fight with the who? The management. <laughs> no, no one was fighting with anybody. No. Anyway. Right. Um, 
Are you going to tell people how they can yeah, now played a Dumpty Dumber of the Week? Uh, if you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or do the in-betweeners dance with your mates, fart face and dogger. Ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which is working again. Hoorah. Uh, thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thanks also to Derek for the load of the back bedroom. Uh, he very much enjoyed Dan's 21st. Uh, he wasn't invited, strictly speaking, but he was doing the sound for croc tracks. Um, he got a little bit overexcited after a few pints of Chateau Lower Loxley, as he does. And uh, let's just say the first thing poking up out of the floral centrepiece was not a deer's head. What was it then? Don't know. Yeah, you do. I leave it to your imagination, Royfield. I ain't got one. But on this week's show, we have calls from Miss Mid-City, who wants to know what Rue's problem is, and so do I. Uh, Witherspoon, who feels sorry for Charlie. Vicky Cole, all the way over from Kenya, don't you know, who doesn't understand Rob. Blythe Spirit, who wants to say thank you. And at the end of the show, we have a interview with Beth Miller, who's written the book for The Love of the Archers. I caught up with her and had a little bit of a chat. But first, before all the good stuff... Here is a, hmm, I don't know if it would be good as last week's monologue, but here's Lucy V. Freeman with one of her monologues which will make your belly burst. Rex gave a somewhat half-hearted reading for Remembrance Sunday, but as he was a male under 40, he was rapturously received by the rest of the congregation. Alan chanced his arm and got a goose from Toby, which made his day so much so he remembered he could speak. Praise the Lord, it's a miracle. Uh, Ruth has had to fork out from me mother's estate to pay for the extras she enjoyed at Marvin Gay House. Uh, the Sharopity, <laughs> the eye test, the nights with Barry the gigolo, £24 all in, and he washes down any appliances. Uh, Lindy Bottom was worried about the free flow of chi around her production office at Lower Loxley. It's the free flow of bullshit I'd be more worried about, Linda. She said that Robert was the rock on which all her achievements rest. I think she said <laughs> rock anyway. Poor <laughs> Ruth is starting to feel completely left out of David and Pip's marriage. Uh, I can see why. Maybe she'll go and be interviewed by Martin Bashir. Yeah, there were three of us in this marriage, and that's why I went off with Rex Fairbrother and became a stepmother to 42,000 mutant geese. Uh, the Grundys mm -hmm. are still playing musical chairs with their houses. Ed and Emma have suggested they stay with Susan and Neil so that Eddie and Clary can move into Williams with Joe. With me so far? Anyway, that's not happening. Bartleby didn't like the ensuite, so that's out. Oliver and Caroline <laughs> were burgled. Apparently, the burglars took the TV off the wall. Oliver and Caroline would not have a TV on the wall. No way. They would have a very discreet and expensive TV hidden by something else. And they would use it to watch David Attenborough wildlife programmes. Caroline would watch Strictly, which she would describe as just a bit of nonsense. And they'd both be glued to anything with prunella scales. But if they've got a flat screen TV on the wall, I am a Dutchman. What else did the burglars take, for heaven's sake? A life-size china leopard and an acrylic cocktail bar. Anyway, Bridge Farm are doing a cashew trial and Jeff's got flu. It's all go, isn't it? Interestingly... The senior Titchy Knobs have sent Titchy Knob and Helen a congratulations card on the daylight robbery adoption of Horrible Henry. How did they know, for heaven's sake? Helen is not allowed to talk to them and Rob doesn't talk to them. 
And in another plot pothole, a mile wide, is that a plot hole? The Grundies have been given their marching orders by Cathy because obviously, while the actual owners of Gay Grables are in daily contact with Ed Grundy, the obvious thing to do for the manager is to make the parents homeless for Christmas without checking with them. What cobblers. Also, while I'm at it, anyone else think it was a bit odd that Elizabeth would be fawning over Phoebe's hair and telling her how wonderful she was when the last contact Phoebe had with Elizabeth was when she discovered to our horror Elizabeth was playing tent flap top trumps with her father. Phoebe does not strike me as the kind of woman who'd forgive all after a quick compliment about her hair. The tank regiment were called to Lower Loxley to admire the floral centrepiece. I know they were all gagging to see it. You cannot keep squaddies away from a floral display. You know what they're like. There was a lot of embarrassing Ute stuff about the in-betweeners and Rizzle Kicks, but it was played by Tommy Croker's grandson, so it's probably Drizzle Kicks. Roscoe Jolliffe is keeping Jazza on as a milkman. He's one of the Denton Grain Jolliffes, you know. Ooh, let's all curtsy. Dan is a friend of Dorothy. Not sure that's going to come as a major shock to anyone. So we're going to have Dan and Dorothy, are we? Remind anyone of anything? And mm. in the final Barney of a very grumpy week, Ruth was horrified to discover that David is paying someone else to fertilise the cows. I would be extremely worried, David, that Ruth doesn't have her own insemination alternative lined up. Oh, hello, Rex. If they do get together and Pip turns to Toby in her distress, this would mean that Pip and Ruth would be sisters-in-law as well as mother and daughter. But it's all right, because Hooty Jill would no doubt immediately suggest a family party. And as we know, that only ever makes things better. The end. Uh, shall I start calling you rude? Rude, if or, you like. Or Luke, or Leven. You said if they had a TV on their on their walls, you're a Dutchman. Yeah. Well, they did. Ah, yes. You can call me Lucy von Hoogstraten. If you yeah, like. that's exactly who you are. Say, <laughs> say, so, so, say, so you're obviously a Dutchman. <laughs> who even knew that your nationality and your sex was wrong? I know. But mm. do you agree? Then do you not think that they would? I don't think they would have one on their wall either. No, they wouldn't. No. No, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have a plasma screen. They'd have some massive old thing that they've had for years. And it's still perfectly all right. You have to bang it on the side to get color. But, you know, (laughs) they wouldn't spend money on that sort of thing. No, I don't think so either. But but anyway, um, why don't we crack on with some listener calls? Because the good news is slowly but surely the calls are coming in again because it looks like the pipe of speaking is starting to work again. Hooray! Now listen, I met Sarah Hyde and her husband. Mm. I think he was her husband, either that or he was a very close admirer. Her husband. Um, at the Dumpty Dum thing. And mm. she said, oh, I don't call her, I'm not a caller in her, and I don't tweet, I just lurk and mm. listen. Said. But then she said, I will, and then she t- tweeted me and said, I promise I will now be a caller in her. So get on with it, Sarah. She's called Sarah Hyde, which is an extremely apt name. Mm. Well... Hides and sneaks around and listens. So come on, Sarah, you've got to ring in. Well, I've got a little bit of a beef with those hides. Why? Because they hurt my feelings most, most grievously. (laughs) So at the previous Dumpty Dum get together, I was minding my own business and they said, you must be Royfield. And I went, yes. And And then they both looked at each other and said, but you don't sound in real life at all like how you sound on the podcast and I said really don't I you know and and they said no and they said because you sound on the podcast like Alan Carr now I thought to myself that the hides were just pulling my leg 
And I went, ha, 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 ha. And they looked at me, they said, but you do. And they both looked at each other. I was morty-fucking-fied. anything like Alan. I don't think you did. They're lucky they weren't blackballed from coming to our bloody dinner. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Hyde, I know you're listening. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. Anyway, and um, uh, I'll tell you who else. Uh, Kathleen Anstey. Mm. Um, thank you for coming. Didn't talk to you properly. And there's one other person who, some a, a, a Miss Kemp, who came, Kim. came. That was Kim. Yeah, Kim Kemp. Yeah. yeah. Who came came from Sutton. She's and, a lurker as well, isn't she? Yes. Stop, Stop lurking. lurking. We can see you, you know. Well, that's lurking. not true. I know, but I'm trying to frighten them, you see. Okay. Just call in. Yeah. Anyway, first call. Hello, Ambridge 3962. I'm recording this while you're probably all having an amazing time at your dumpty dum meetup. I say you're. I should be part of it too, but I wasn't. I had to do a fundraising concert with my clarinet quartet. And I hope a good time was had by all. Uh, anyway, a few thoughts about this week. First thing that comes to mind is, what's wrong with Ruth? She's been taking lessons in developing resentment of David from Canton. Uh, I don't understand where she's got this, this idea that David has a sense of entitlement. I don't understand. And it's a little bit disloyal of her to be talking about a husband like that, I think. I know Usha's her best friend, but I'm not sure why she's criticising David for just being competent and conscientious. The bottom line is that, as far as I'm concerned, both Ruth and Kenton are kind of rubbish. Ruth is, uh, she's being outclassed as a farmer by Pip, and she's a bit of a rubbish housewife in that traditional domesticated sense. And she's obviously feeling a bit rubbish because now she's an orphan. Um, and Kenton's just middle-aged and rubbish and bitter. Nothing wrong with being middle-aged, I'm there myself. Now she's got Jill back at Brookfield to skivvy for her. The whole lot of them should be ashamed, as was discussed in the podcast last week. 85 or whatever age Jill is no age to be running a household. I've not met an 85-year-old, I think, who could physically cope with all of that. You know, back to Ruth, she and Tony, they're rare examples of people who have survived illness and accident in the Archers. Whereas everybody else is curiously fit as a fiddle, especially the older people. And again, this is something that's been discussed in previous podcasts. In my experience, the majority of the people in their 60s, right up to people who are just around 90 and, and over 90, the, the, when they when they meet and they talk and they ask how they are, they, they compare their age-related conditions like it's some kind of competition. I hear about cataracts, knee surgery, hip surgery, heart surgery, new glasses, hearing aids, walking sticks, walking frames, wheelchairs, tons and tons of medication, everything aching all the time, routine screening for uh, for diabetes, blood tests, having feet checked, everything. None of that in the archers. So this business about people wanting light entertainment versus serious drama, you, you clearly can't have it both ways. R Miss Mid-City. What is Ruth's problem with David? I think this is all misguided guilt after Heather. I don't, she's sort of going off, she's going off like a rocket, but in all the wrong directions. And she's 
feeling so guilty she's casting around for someone to blame. Mm. I don't but possibly I mean I know she said oh it happened just after the miscarriage I started to sort of feel you know ambivalent about him but I think this is um you know this it would be very interesting to know and perhaps with a spoon knows if there is a link between the death of a parent and people's marriages breaking up because it seems to be some sort of catalyst one way or another I think it either makes people stronger or drives them apart uh, if it's a, you know, if there's sort of if not just somebody very, very old who dies peacefully in their sleep sort of thing, but if it's a, a, a traumatic or an unpleasant death. Um, and yeah, I think I think she's just feeling huge guilt. She's casting around for somebody to blame. She's very confused about the money because she feels guilt about the money. She's sort of she feels like she's inadvertently benefited from something that she sees was her own wrongdoing or that she, you know, didn't wasn't responsible enough with her mum. And I think David's copying it, but David's mm. emotional uh, intelligence is so bloody, you yeah. know, in it, single lacking. figures. Yeah. Well, it's the other side of the decimal point, isn't it? It's just practically non-existent. Mm. He can't, he just can't understand how she's feeling. And he's never, ever been without his family, ever. Yeah. He's, he's just had this cushion of pleasant, normal, nice family around him all the time. I can't really remember a palpable David reaction to when Phil died. I can't remember. I can't remember it being dragged out over well, what a What about when, when he heard him, though, when he heard his voice? Yeah, but that was like years afterwards, though, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and in terms of uh, kind of a plot device, that was somewhat bizarre, you know, because yeah. we never have yeah. flashbacks, <laughs> let alone ghostly ones, you know. But And one thing that has become abundantly clear with the death of uh, Rus Ma is how mono-focused David is yeah. with, with the farm to the yeah. point where he almost was going to not go to his daughter's graduation because a feed man or some nonsense was, was going to turn up, you know, so... Well, that was the big trigger for me. That was what made me think, David, to put your phone away, you know, yeah. when, when his daughter was about to chuck her mortarboard in the air and everything and he's piddling around going on about feed. Yeah. So he is... Um, he is insensitive. Um, mm. No, it's not so much he's insensitive. He's not thinking. She isn't quite the same thing. He's not thinking. He's self-centred. Around the farm. However, three quarters of what he said last week was absolutely true. She had to deal with the death of her mother. Yeah. And she physically wasn't there. And emotionally, she wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so... But I think what he's done is... Yes, I could see his point completely then... In that he um, he he was trying to protect her by taking the burden off her shoulders of mm. uh, the insemination, taking the burden of insemination off her shoulders. Um, <laughs> get it all down your front. Um, but so that was sort of a nice thing. But what he hasn't done, he actually thought some people like that, you know. <laughs> Stop it. Um, I think he actually realised then actually, this is a lot easier running this farm as a benign dictatorship. And I just decide, much as his father did, you know. Well, it's not that it's a benign dictatorship because he seems to be doing it with his daughter. Yes, but it, even so, he tells Pip what he's doing and she says, all right then, Dad. Mm. Uh, but, you know, Phil never never asked Jill's advice on what they should do about anything to do with the farm. David has not quite yet got it properly into his stupid head that... Uh, she is a farmer. 
she is not a farmer's wife and you know um i don't i don't know if that's true i think um david is becoming for whatever reason more and more wrapped up in the farm and ruth's complaint is that you are not treating me as a farmer now which you know so she thinks she used to be it's not as if she says we've been married for 20 odd years and you've never treated me like this yeah 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 you know, she's saying that all these decisions have been made behind my back. And to be mm-hmm. fair to the woman, and nobody wants to be fair to Ruth, uh, she's got ample evidence for her to feel like this. However, a mother's just died and she's been away with the fairies, understandably so. Yeah. I you do know. think, though, I mean, I am I am feeling a great deal of sympathy with Ruth at the moment, actually. Uh, I think yes. the right amount of sympathy is some, not a great deal. <laughs> The right amount is some. Okay, mm. that sounds like a French grammar exercise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, well, all right then, some. Yeah, thoughts on both sides. Yes, exactly. Now, uh, Miss Mid City also says that the, the older people in Ambridge are the healthiest bunch. You know, like those where they always find some community in Greece living on an island, and and all the old olive people, oil. 100... They're 143 and they all swim 24 miles a day and, you know, and bench press Volvos in their in their spare time. And uh, it's Ambridge's like that. Nobody's got diabetes. Nobody's got a walking mm. frame. Every, you know, everyone's fit as a flea. Um, but I do like the idea of if it was more realistic, we'd have three quarters of the episodes would be taken up with, how is your knee now? Now, do you know, I get that sort of twinge when I stand up to you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> talking about anything else comparing how when's your appointment now you see i rang up the letters got lost to the consultant i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing <laughs> it would be like that how was your eye test you know it'd just be endless so i'm quite relieved they're all they're all hugely energetic and healthy uh very very old people <laughs> good for them it's clearly the country air <laughs> mm, absolutely um uh blithe spirit Hello, Dumpty Dumplied Spirit calling. And yes, I am calling because hopefully I've sorted out the speak pipe problem. I've just purchased a little microphone for my desktop. It's a little Samsung Go mic. And so far, it seems to be working. This is the first thing that I've done with it. I just wanted to call in to thank Royfield for referring people to the thread that I started on the forum when I wasn't able to call in. It's called uh, Rob Titchener Enough is Enough. And I've been really um impressed by the way that people have responded so thoughtfully and sensitively to what is in essence a very difficult topic which has great personal resonance for many people um, and i feel like i had to defend my position about melodrama and sensationalism a little bit uh, i know that people have disagreed with me about this in a very respectful uh on a way but it's you know this is something that tv people do to get a conversation started and to get ratings and to get people talking about a particular storyline. And I do feel that there is an element of sensationalism in the way that this has been done. I'm trying not to be cynical about it, but the cynic in me is kind of responding a little bit. The one thing I do agree with everyone on, though, is that this storyline does need to be wrapped up and sharpish for many reasons, not least the main one that a lot of people simply can't bear to listen to it anymore. Uh, and hopefully, if the rumours are true, then things will come to a head around about Christmas and Helen Archer will finally get it into a cranium that Rob Titchener is extremely bad for her and that she needs to leave him and she needs to take Henry with her and never see him again. We really, really hope that's going to happen. In the meantime, 
I hope that you all had a wonderful dinner with added graham seed and there was lots of food and lots of drink and lots of talk about Nigel and history and past episodes and all kinds of nice things. Sending greetings to Dumpty Dummers everywhere and hopefully I'll be back a bit sooner now that this mic hopefully is working. So anyway, that's it. Take care. Cheers now. Bye. Coming in loud and clear there with your lovely mic. I'm sorry you invested in your lovely mic in the week that Skype fixed itself. I mean, um, <laughs> Skype fixed itself. I'm very sorry, but I hope you kept the receipt. Uh, but you do sound marvellous. That's Didn't any she? consolation. Um, uh, she said that uh, she's talking about the the, the, the the Rob thread that she said, you know, enough is enough. That the mm. story, the uh, thread that she set up on the on the message board. Some may say, I sound like Jeremy Clarkson. Some say that possibly. Blythe Spirit, you are correct, and that certain personnel <clears throat> are brought on board by the BBC in order to deliberately create sensational storylines that get a lot of coverage for the programme during anniversary years. That's all I'm saying. Goodbye. <laughs> That's the last you'll hear of me on the podcast or anywhere else. Uh, but yes, I think you're probably right. Mm. Mm. Um, also, I just want to say that uh, Bly Spirit, um, it has been that that whole thread has been absolutely mm. fantastic. It's been brilliant. It's been wonderful, and it just goes to show what a, a lovely and I don't want to sound all kind of like smushy and a little bit kind of patronising, but what a lovely and intelligent and emotionally intelligent uh, bunch of listeners that we actually have because that thread is absolutely stunning. It, it mm. really is, and. And I know I kind of mentioned it last week, but, you know, it is kind of um, slowly but surely rumbling on and people's um, kind of thoughts and feelings are all incredibly apt. And what is brilliant is that we have none of this internet trolling where people say, yeah. oh, shut up, you old ass." There's yeah. none of that. People yeah. are saying, you know what, I've taken that point on board. However, uh, respectfully, I disagree. And here's the reasons yeah. why, yeah. you know, the temperature of that debate has been kept at a, a lovely, a lovely kind of like simmer. Yeah. And, um, you know, more power to everybody who has kind of contributed to that. And, and uh, also when, civil. Yeah. when you when you contrast that with the lunatics that have been trolling the actor that plays Rob, mm -hmm. you kind of think there are definitely two there are two. Uh, sectors of of, of uh, Archer's listeners, aren't there? And we've got the best one, I say. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So well done, Dumpty Dumbers, and well done, people on that forum. And lovely to hear your voice again, Blythe Spirit. And more Robness with Vicky Cole in Kenya. You have to call it Kenya now, you know. Hello, Lucy and Royfield, and everybody. Um, I've just had a monster catch up on the Archer's podcasts. I haven't listened to ages because I've had a visitor. But we did go on a little safari last week and I was very glad to take my Dumpty Dum pyjamas with me. It gets very cold in these tents sometimes at night. So thank you for the pyjamas. Along with everybody else, the Rob and Helen story is just getting more and more and more uncomfortable for me. I'm hating it. Uh, what is happening with Pat? Why is Pat not seeing what's going on and doing something about it? It's just extraordinary that Rob has duped her so much. And then I have a question which I don't know, maybe Witherspoon can help with. When you have a situation like this with somebody like Rob, is it a deliberate plan to do what he's doing, um, to make her lose all her self-belief? Um, and, and to what end? Is it, is it just complete domination of Helen? Or does he want something from Henry, which just makes me shudder? And I'm wondering if that's his goal. And 
he sit down and works out how to achieve it or whether somebody like him is just naturally so unpleasant that anything he says achieves that aim. Oh, it's just horrible, horrible, horrible. Can you hear the background on Vicky's Yes, <gasps> it really Isn't is it the African bush. I know. I had the farm in Africa. I got very excited just into that. It was lovely. Um, yes, I think... If you want to know what I think and you haven't got any choice. Um, no, they're having just like fast forward for a bit. <laughs> Stop the podcast. Start it again about three minutes on. You'll be mm. fine. Um, I think I don't think Rob sits down and works out how to achieve. You know, I want the farm. I want. I mean, I, I know I say that he's after the inheritance and everything. What Rob wants is control of any situation he comes into. He wants to control what he eats he wants to control what the people around him do he wants to control their thoughts to the extent he doesn't want any external uh, influences to affect them he wants to control the upbringing and the safekeeping of uh everybody that's sort of used to him i won't say that he cares about because i don't think he's capable of genuine affection he just sees people who i can bend to my will and other people who I have yet to bend to my will, and people who have rebelled against me, who are just blackballed now. They are enemy forever, like Ian. Uh, so I don't think it is a deliberate Machiavellian. I have come into the village specifically to um, take over, uh, to take Helen, take Henry, take the cottage, take whatever. I think it is just he is one of those people. I need to control everyone and everything around me. And I think Jess said no um and helen has now missed her chance to say no no she's still got a chance to say no yes she has but she's now married to him and you know she missed her chance to 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 break free of him easily shall we say Mm. um i think and I think Witherspoon said this a couple of weeks ago. I think he... that Obviously, there's a, a massive element of control, and you're completely right. So this whole thing of the bonfire and Henry, uh, you know, was all about control. And then the fact that, you know, he slightly singed his, his pinky. Oh, then... I wish I could singe Rob's pinky. <laughs> Henry's little finger. I don't in his finger yeah then he goes well then i'm absolutely right and i need to keep my family safe and, I'm, and i've showed you helen you know so there is so this element of reacting on the spot of yeah, which also <laughs> there is you know the way that he left barrow yeah but then but him and his plan for the the shop is actually calculated Yes. He knows exactly what he's doing yeah. there. And there, yeah. there is um, a, a campaign, so to speak. And, you yeah. know, Helen, you're, you're preggers, so you stop at home and I will deal with all of this. So, so, so it's, a, it's a mixture of the two, isn't it? But which is driven by the fact that he's just a, a controlling yeah. bastard. However, yeah. I think it was Glyn Fuller, love, whether he called do you mean? In... Do you mean, what was it, Glyn, Glyn the gigolo... Do you remember he was telling us about his surname, wasn't he? If you were a co-respondent yes. in, a, in, a, in 12th century Britain, full of love, it came, he'll have to ring in and tell us because I can't remember it. I'd had three pints by then. Um, if you were basically a sort of a co-respondent in, if, if your wife had been cuckolding you with somebody, he, she, she had been cuckolding you with a fuller love. And that's where the name comes from. So, it, But his parents said, oh no, darling, it doesn't mean that. It means something completely different. <laughs> 
and tried to put him off. And when he was sort of 13, he said, hang on a minute, I've just locked it up. It doesn't mean that at all. Um, they were trying to protect him from naughtiness. But yes, it sort of meant a gigolo. So I think we should call him Glyn Gigolo from now on. Well, I had a little bit of a chat with Mr. and Mrs. Fuller Love. And they're, they're Christian type people, aren't they? I so uh, they are, they are. And I said, you have to explain uh, your surname to me. And and he said to me exactly what you said. And I said, hmm, because I've just been listening to the uh, the history of England and they were talking about the 13th century and the formation of surnames, but also uh, with profanity as well. And how to say, oh, my God, was much worse back then in the 13th and 14th century than to say, fuck off. Well, yeah, fuck off. It, 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 that word is a is an Anglo-Saxon word, isn't it? That literally means copulation and comes from, I suppose, Celtic, I suppose. I don't know. Mm. Well, no, if it's Anglo-Saxon, it's not going to be Celtic. Oh, yes, no, it's not going to be Celtic. But, yeah, it's going to, be, it's going to have a Germanic root, yeah. isn't it? All right, so, and they were going through court records, and he went, yep, there you go, that's where my name comes from, it's court records. And it was all these court records where surname. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Him started to get kind of codified, so to speak. So I says to him, so they were going through the court records and there was a, a John Fucknavel. No! And a Robert Prickhard. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a titchy knob. He's an ancestor of titchy knob. <laughs> Absolutely. So put put next to all of that, a fuller love fits right in there, doesn't it? It does. It does, it does, it does. And he had a little bit of a grin on his face, but I think his Christian <laughs> sensibilities were offended. So no, I no. thought to myself, hmm, Royfield, you best shuffle off now. <laughs> He does a very good po-faced expression, but his eyes are all twinkly. So yes, really, no, yeah. no, no, they, they are, they are, they are, and uh, they're, they're they're a lovely couple, the full of loves, and they're telling me um, all about their daughter who who's working up in Leeds, and uh, they're very proud parents. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? Can't remember now. Uh, no, don't know. Oh, uh, about Rob um, taking over the shop. Vicky and Vicky said something. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm. Can you remember what it was he said? No. no. Okay, never mind. Um, next, with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, looking at the pictures that have been posted of last evening's get-together. It looks like a fun time was had by all. My thoughts are with Emily Thomas in Paris and all those across the pond who may have been affected by the horrific events on Friday. Now on to the concerns of the everyday folk in Ambridge. Feeling a bit sorry for Charlie, we assume he's heard that the love of his life is getting married next month, and then getting slammed by Justin, who does come across as a multimillionaire hedge fund boss who's out of touch with the real issues and problems on the ground. And no indication from that interaction that Justin is Charlie's stepfather, as Lucy and I have wondered about in the past. One juicy bit of foreshadowing. Justin's hunt guests are going to be staying at Grey Gables. I do hope that they run into Joe and Ed, who may not be in the best frame of mind about the establishment. Now let's, let me say a few words about Ruth. I've always been a big fan of hers, and I think I've been empathic to her recent feelings of sadness and loss. And now we see the connection to her miscarriage, which is something we've all forgotten about. But I said, as I've said before, it's unfair of her to be taking it out on David. He's not perfect and has made mistakes, but he's been trying to be very supportive of her and is a very good husband. When Ruth agreed with self-pitying Kenton, who was musing about some childhood trauma involving David and some candy, Kenton, we told you already to go to a therapist, I literally shouted in anger. And it was Kenton saying that David had gotten his way by bringing his mother back to Brookfield, and then Ruth agreeing with him. No, Ruth, you went to Jill on hands and knees, okay, I exaggerate, and invited her back. As we've speculated, is Ruth's uncertainty about her marriage a product of her mourning, true issues in their relationship, or a product of the scriptwriters looking to create a crisis where none should really be? Well, fortunately for me, my other half is an excellent chef and loves to cook. So now I get to enjoy a wonderful Sunday breakfast as we listen to our favorite Radio 4 programs. However, should there be a family crisis, I could always go downstairs myself and buy a bagel and cream cheese and scramble up some eggs. Angus likes some bacon on the side. So it's a hungry Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off for this week. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. He says, what is... Oh, by the way, I had no idea Miss Spentos was so glamorous. Did you not? No. No, she's There's lovely. no picture of her. She looks like Julianne Moore. I know you said. What a glamorous bunch of Dumpty Dummers we have. Mm. Mm. I didn't talk to her much You were sitting opposite her? No I wasn't, I was sat opposite Sam Oh yes Oh and Paul Douglas Who was Mm. also there Paulie D1107 I really like him I know He was so complimentary about my work I really like him Lucy Oh that's what I was just about to say I didn't realise he'd sucked up to you Oh okay well, what but do you no, say? I, I shall. I shall. I, I let let say, me hear more kind of like pleasantries aimed aimed at me. I will blow your trumpet, Royfield, for the for the only Not again, time. Lucy. <laughs> I knew that was a mistake. He said that he found all of your podcasts amazingly good, and he said more people should listen to them more often because they were great. In between Dumpty Dum and all your podcasts, 
I don't think he does anything else apart from listen to podcasts endlessly. I did see that he'd written a review, I, and I only saw it this morning. He'd written a nice review on the uh, Tunes of I for uh, a thousand and one conversations, ah. and it was and it was only this morning that I realised that that Paulie D, and then there's a, some yeah. numbers after it was obviously him. And yeah. aha, it's all making sense now as to whom <laughs> is whom. So thank you. Uh, yeah, and guess what? We, we talked about superheroes. However, he's a really nice guy, but he's bloody wrong, you know. He's more oh. DC than Marvel. The well. damn ass. You know, he was almost perfect, that man. Almost perfect. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and he says, I love listening to Dumpty Dump to hear when you talk about superheroes. I say, <laughs> you, you... It's the one person. Yeah, exactly. You're in a minority of one there, Paul. But... <laughs> probably like shop news as well oh, no 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 there's, there's sarah evans she she likes a little bit of a superhero chat as well don't you sarah <laughs> oh, anyway sorry we got distracted with a spoon yes he said what is going to happen with charlie and adam adam's getting married on the 14th of december this charlie thing is building up nicely isn't it mm. sort of building up ahead of steam mm. um can we see them ian and adam actually getting married we can't have another jilting. We can't have Ian hopping about in the belfry while Adam makes sheepish excuses and then... But he's not just going to go, nah, like Kirsty did. Ian will go marching out into the congregation and punch people in the face, which would be fantastic. Uh, but I can't, they're not, they can't be doing two jiltings, can they? Not no, in a year, no, two years. No, That's ridiculous. This is so the archers, think, for goodness sake. Do you think that uh, something's going to happen and Charlie's just... Uh, Ian, ugh, Adam is just going to say, I can't, I can't go through with this. Or do you think they are going to actually get married? Can I be honest? You don't care? No, it's not that I don't care. What? I have absolutely no idea. No. It's, it's as simple as that. All I know is that if we get to the day of the wedding, the wedding will happen. Yeah. But whether um, Adam will be faithful to Ian, I have no idea. And that is the great thing about, for the most part, this thing is written because it's not plotted like a regular soap where, no. you know, where, where you absolutely know the story arc and you know what's going to happen. I have no idea. No. I've absolutely no idea. And I'm actually even surprised that they remembered that they were supposed to be getting married, <laughs> you know, because it has not no. been mentioned at all. No. You know, where the hell is Ian for the most part? Where's he been? <laughs> I'm surprised I've even remembered Ian exists. So well, the fact they happened. remember he exists and that they said they were going to get married, I say, you know, more power to the writers. You know, that was, that was well, the shocker. The shocker happened. was that they remembered Ian. <laughs> What probably happen is that Adam will get a phone call saying, Ian, on the day of the wedding, Ian, oh, right, you're working. Oh, well, never mind. I'll ring Charlie instead. And then he'll just end up marrying Charlie. Because every time Ian says, oh, no, I've had to work, he just ropes Charlie in. Mm. So that'll be that. We might just marry Charlie. <laughs> what did you think about, do you think, where are you on the whole, is Justin related to Charlie debate? Well, that that's you, isn't it? However, with a spoon. Because he's just listening to you. There is something weird about their relationship. And when Justin was kicking off last week, bearing in mind that Charlie, in terms of his uh, confidence, he walked into Ambridge and he was Billy Big Balls, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. He (laughs) was... Revolting expression. (laughs) It's very apt, though. Very apt. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he was, you know, it's my way or the highway. This is what we're doing. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. And he has shrunk yeah. in terms of his, his confidence. Well, um, he's got huge daddy issues, hasn't he? He's got he's got yeah. some form he's got some form of issues and first there was the near the near drowning mm. um the well not first first there was his uh, the way that he was with with Adam this kind of I'm going to be really hard with you yeah. but actually I really like you but yeah. I'm going to you know then there was the drowning and then there is this you know he was sleeping and crying on the, on the on the floor in in the office because of the cow malarkey yeah. Even when he was Mr. Alpha Male, he wasn't with Justin, was he? He's always incredibly deferential. So, yes. you know what? It does make sense that yeah. there is an, there is at least another dimension to their relationship. Yeah. But that Justin is an absolute bastard. He really is. Right. You know, I've, and... I've changed my mind completely. He's exactly the sort of twat that would want the village hall named after him, isn't he? You, you, you're right. Yeah. They absolutely. Twat of Twat Hall. <laughs> 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 Yes. That there is there is something up, and maybe he's it's his stepfather because you know Charlie yeah. does call yeah. him Justin. Yeah, or is his uncle or godfather or something like that? Yeah. There is a link there. There is some way that Justin has more clout yeah. over Charlie, because... more emotional pull over Charlie than just that of a yeah. boss. And considering think... how rude and dismissive he is of Charlie, he hasn't yeah. sacked him, has he? No. No. So yeah. Mm. I kind of get the impression he's been given Barrow Farm and has to prove himself. Mm, yes. That's what it seems like. I would fundamentally concur with that, Freeman. Okay. Um, finished um, Les Calls. Coffee break. Camp coffee break. Um, what are you drinking? Uh, I've got water and tea on the go at the moment. What, London water or is it some bottled stuff? London water. Water. I once overheard a black hooray Henry on Portobello Road claiming that he would never ever buy English bottled water because it comes from the Thames and everybody knows that people piss in it <laughs> and the real authentic uh, water is Scottish he says those Scots know how to make water <laughs> I looked at this man I thought <laughs> but he's like yeah 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 you know <laughs> Because you know the Scots, they really know how to do water. You know, <laughs> in London, we just piss in it. <laughs> and he was one of those things where specialised kidneys of some sort. I just, you know, you listen to this, and it was like you couldn't make it up. And I looked around, and he was like seriously seven foot tall, black, <laughs> hooray Henry with red trousers and brogues. You know, the Scots, they know how to make water. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's come back the other side with a touch of down under action from Millie Bell and hashtag the Archers tweets of the last seven days. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, 
I have had addiction issues um, throughout my has, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, and alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. At long last, a thousand and one conversations is available to download from iTunes and all good podcatchers. This was a place where women worked to help other women. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone. It's been a quiet week on Facebook for the Archers pages um, and that's fairly self-evident when you look. There's been a lot of time when people have actually been baiting each other instead of discussing the Archers. So I do encourage you to keep the Archers talk flowing, especially for those of us who are not in the UK and that might be the only interaction we have, the only chance we have to talk about the Archers and I'm always happy to do that. And yes, I was intensely, intensely jealous on the 14th of November when uh, some of the Archer, the Dumpty Dum people went out to dinner together. I was actually emceeing a local ball where we raised $60,000, uh, but very, very secretly, if I could have, I would have been with you. On Ambridge Addicts, Mary Hitchens said, my husband in 38 years of marriage has never once called me a good girl. Uh, my current partner has never called me a good girl and lived to tell the tale either, Mary. Brian Entwistle on Ambridge Addict said, I don't think Helen will tell Linda that she will not be doing Calendar Girls. She will take the part of Ruth, and as she studies the part, the truth will slowly dawn about her own situation. The Rob Helen story will come towards a conclusion during the performance of Calendar Girls. Now, there's another perspective on that uh, later on. I have someone else who talked on that. Peter Johnson in The Archers Anonymous said, I know that there was once a film called Dumb and Dumber. Not, I hasten to add, that I ever saw it. However, this week's events in Ambridge felt like they could best be described under the title of Glum and Glummer. Just consider Helen, Glum, Eddie, Glum, Clary, Glum, Joe, Glum, Edward, Glum, Phoebe, Glum, but glummiest of all was Ruth. My God. Dominic T. Drinker Spitzer, great name, Dominic, in Archer's Appreciation said, Brian making reference to Mad Max caught me off guard and made me laugh out loud. Yes, I enjoyed that too. Sally Ann Russo in Upstairs at the Ball said, like Laura Jo Elzinger, I too am eagerly awaiting the next blow to Ruth's self-important ego. And I hope it will be when someone reminds her that David and her children graciously took her back and forgave her for coming in an inch away from running off with the cowman. Judy Tipple in The Archers Anonymous also said, Does anyone think Ruth is being selfish and very disloyal, bad-mouthing David at every opportunity she gets? She does nothing but moan that she's being left out of things. Didn't notice her asking Pip any questions herself. Expects everyone to come and tell her things, wait for her opinion before acting. Being disloyal to David with Kenton, though, was pretty low of her. Uh, Linda Curtis in Archer's Omnibus Appreciation says, I think Helen may be planning something to maybe get away from Rob eventually with the children. 
She's standing up to him and doing what she wants to do as far as working goes. I may be wrong, though. We will have to wait and see. The sound of Rob's voice gives me the creeps. Very cleverly acted. Absolutely agree with you, Linda. I think it is very well acted indeed. And Gay Hillary wants to know, in The Archers Anonymous, why is Rob so reluctant for Helen to meet his parents? Oh, we've all wondered that for a while, haven't we? Um, and Peter Johnson in The Archers Anonymous said, So Rob may be in the eyes of many the most reviled character in Ambridge, but I seriously contest that a certain female is now starting to run him a very close second. I think that's a bit harsh, Peter. Fiona Jones in Upstairs at Ball says, Actually, Ruth, David said he did think he told you. Knowing how little you heard then, he may be right. Beating him into apologising for you while you beat him with your dead mother just makes you sound like Rob. Badly done, Ruth. People are starting to compare Ruth and Robin. I, I don't know that I entirely get that. Paul Green in Archer's Appreciation said, The flexible gluten-free supplier is my new favourite character. <laughs> and to our page, we now have... 808 likes. That is absolutely fantastic. And uh, welcome to all of you. I hope you are all listening to our podcast. And we asked this week, the missing quality today was loyalty. And I wanted to know, was I the only listener who thought Justin Ruth could have demonstrated more loyalty? Glyn Fuller Love said, Ruth was rather cutting about David, I thought. Justin is a bit of a stereotype. I feel most CEOs I have dealt with are generally good in a crisis. It's often the rest of the time that they are difficult. Ruth Simpson said, with all the panache of an air hostess demonstrating where the emergency exits are. And Peter Mabbott said, Ruth is simply irritating and it is her that is lacking loyalty to David and the family. Justin is a typical stereotype that lacks insight into the loyalty of his staff. Hooroo! Millie, 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 Millie. Thank you for that. And yes, we all need to be um, posting more on the Book of Face because that's that's a... prominent way of which all of us Archers fans get together and kind of cuddle up to each other through the virtual world of the interwebs. But now, Lucy, mm-hmm. it's time for our hashtag, the Archers tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. Uh, well, there is one very rude one, so I forgive, uh, I, I, I plead for, uh, forgiveness before I say it, but it did make me very much laugh. Uh, not this one. This is Black Widow 400, who said, mm. could we have a Rob's Tea Room naming competition. My suggestion is the nethermost circle of hell. <laughs> yes, very good. I like that. It's an ideal name. Um, this is the rude one. Hail of Bay. If she was talking about the, the stu- Dan's stupid friends at the 21st birthday party. Mm-hmm. What is Dan's stupid nickname? I'm hoping for Wankstain. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Just whilst we're here, because right, yes. I did kind of briefly say this on um, on on the Twitters, but what kind of twenty first birthday was that? With just about every middle aged crinkly in the village there, and apart from uh, Phoebe and I think one line from Dan, was there yeah. any young people actually there? There were. But they were all his friends. The thing is, that is a kind of a country twenty first. You have your 18th in the pub and then it's just clean jeans and everyone gets hammered. Mm. But you have, if you're sort of a county family, you have a proper 21st and that's, it's more like a sort of a wedding reception type thing. You do have have all the relatives and... and, Lucy, uh, that I get. But my point is, is that there are lots of young, no, not lots, there are a few younger characters. in the background though, roaring away and shouting. Well, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
all the tank squad people. But uh, um, Alice and Chris, Chris completely missing again. Jamie mm-hmm. Perks completely missing. Yeah, as you said, we had Phoebe. Uh, you know, you know the Brookfield no. boys. You know, come on, yeah. it's like it goes on and on and on. You know, it's oh, anyway. Anyway. And all, all we heard was Ruth and Usha going, oh, isn't it hot? And Ruth slagging off her husband. Mm. But anyway. Catherine Kavanagh. So Ruth will leave David and we won't hear her whining. He can marry Pip and live happily ever after. Excellent. I think that is exactly where it's going. Uh, Michael Moran said, Rob, pick of the jobs. Well, there is that one weird patriarchal religious cult in Felpersham that's the truth. <laughs> Quite. I've got no idea how everyone... St- when, when bloody Helen said, oh, yes, well, he's looking for something suited, suitable for his status. I thought, what status? He's bloody nearly ruined a farm. That's it. That's all he's ever done. Um, and this is my favourite. Uh, this is Tweet of the Week. Uh, Sally J. Hall, who said, listen carefully, chaps. That's not what she said. That's what I'm saying. My husband just misheard. I have a friend, Ignazi, as I have a forensic Nazi. <laughs> well done, Justin <laughs> Elliott, she said. Because <laughs> we all need a forensic Nazi. <laughs> Actually, if anyone was going to have a forensic Nazi, it would be Justin Elliott. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> I actually think he's a more interesting character than I did before now. Yeah, I do. Mm, yeah. I thought he was kind of Oliver Light. But he's not. No, he's not. He's no, he's bugger. not. Yeah, he's got an edge to him, that man. Mm. He has, he has, he has. Right, that's it. Show's just about done. Oh, oh. Let, me, let me just do a quick plot prediction. This is what we were talking about at the um, Dumpty Dum Dinner. Um, plot, the co- common plot predictions seem to be from everybody there that uh, Oliver and Caroline would ask Ed and Emma to move into Grange Farm to keep an eye on it in their absence. Therefore, William, no, therefore, Eddie, Clary and Joe could move into number one, the green. And James Jeffries also said this on the Twitters. Uh, yeah, and William and Nick stay where they are. And that's that. Um, but yes, I can see that happening. And I do not think that Oliver and Caroline are coming back. I think you're right. I really do think you're right. And they'll probably tell the Grundies like on New Year's Day or Eve yeah. or something yeah. or another. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh, you know. The but they're all sleeping in a stable. Under <laughs> <laughs> the star. Wouldn't that be December the 24th? Well, whatever. Anyway, shop news, because it's the end of the show. Christmas is coming. Go to our shop, buy your stuff. End of shop news, because there's an embargo, don't you know? Uh, Go to dumdydum.com also, uh, where you can read some stuff and chat with your fellow dumdydummers. And I will be putting up a gallery of photos from the dinner on Saturday, so hold tight, folks. That will be happening this week. Uh, So... Another reason to go to dumtydum.com. Uh, remember, you can also add your own articles to dumtydum.com and also comment on the shows and Lucy's monologues because we've got the transcripts of those up now. And you can message other listeners and caller us directly through the site. So if you've got a little thing for Miss Mid City, go onto her page and hit message and you can send her a little message. Would you like to help us keep our merry dumtydum show on the road? Well, if you would like to, there's a couple of ways that can be done. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find Dumpty Dum to support the show for $2. Uh, or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. 
Uh, remember, you can also get in contact with us via voice message, and that's on the little red tab, which is called SpeakPipe, on our website, or you can call us on 0203031305 to leave us a message. Or you can find us on social media, on the Twitters, where we are at Dumpty Dum, or you can tweet me where I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman, or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. <sighs> I quite, right. enjoy, I quite enjoyed that this week. Good. We rattled through it, but you got to go to your meeting. Yes, I do. But before I go off to my meeting, uh, we've got um, a little bit of a guest. A little bit of a guest? Well, she's a, a whole guest. It's a whole guest, <laughs> uh, but it's a little bit of a segment with a guest. And I conflated the two things together. Now, Beth Miller has written a book and it's the unofficial Archer's Companion. And we're in it. We are. Well, you are. Well, on behalf of. Mm-hmm. And I caught up with her just before I spoke to you, Lucy. And here is Beth. <laughs> For the Love of the Archers is a new unofficial companion to our favourite docudrama written by one Beth Miller. Say hello, Beth. Hello. Um, why did you decide to do this? Um, well, I was asked to do it, but um, I was very glad to be asked no, to do it. No, you wanted to do it. You had a deep I, I, yearning and a calling to do it, didn't you? for my whole life it was it was the pinnacle of my life's achievement yes <laughs> uh, well I'm a yes I'm a big fan a long time fan of the archers I've um done a lot of blogging about the archers mm-hmm. um on a tv and radio website and uh yes it was just the next natural step to um do a whole book so who asked you to do it uh, the publishers Mosdale. okay uh, Right. So they knew of your work, did they? You blogging and talking about Ambridge? Well, not really. Um, A writer friend of mine was asked to do the book for them and she said that she didn't know anything about the archers, but she knew someone who did. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's kind of how that happened. Um, And then they they read my blog Mm -hmm. and then I think they're a bit worried about whether I'd be able to do the necessary research because in my blog I've got things like, oh, I can't be bothered to check if... <laughs> I can't be bothered to check this fact. Anyway, it plays better if I if I don't check it and things. So um, they checked with me that I was going to be able to do the research before they signed me up. So how long did it take from you know from them saying right, go off and do this to you actually getting the the book written? It didn't take very long. It just took um, a couple of months really because uh, there was already a book in existence, um, an unofficial companion, and mm-hmm. so really the job was to update and expand it. So. I only had to write about half a book and then just check that all the rest was up to date. Actually, um, the original book was produced about four years ago. And as we all know, rather a lot's happened in the last four years. So uh, there was quite a lot of updating. I didn't leave very much untouched. OK, so so fundamentally, there was a book in place and you've updated it and you've added in things like the fact that Nelson Gabriel's passed away, things like that. <laughs> Yes, quite a lot of other things. So, yes. Uh, and it's got some new sections in it. It's got um, interviews with Archers fans in it. And it's got, um, I had to, I had the lovely joy of choosing some memorable moments to write mm-hmm. about. So, um, yes, I had to choose a few of those. And So, what was that? Clary winning the single wicket? <laughs> no, that'll be in the next edition, Royfield. I haven't, I'm afraid that, <laughs> that one isn't in there. No, it was ones that I really um, uh, were close to my heart, like, Jenny throwing the perfume at Brian and saying, give it to your whore and things like that. That's in there. And uh, obviously the shower, the famous uh, shower scenes in there. Mm-hmm. 
um yeah so no it was it was yeah it was a, a lot of updating a lot of people have arrived in the village in the last four years and a lot have moved on and lots of new things have happened so yeah it was uh, it was quite fun remembering what had happened so i suppose the last four years has also kind of coincided with the with the um with social media becoming really important yes into the world of uh, borsetshire so um how did you go about is that how you went about sourcing fans of the show um Yes, it was. Um, well, I did a lot of Googling about uh, famous fans because there's a few interviews with well-known fans in there as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, Joanna Trollope's in there and Wendy Cope and I'm just trying to, I'm just going to look at the book now to remind myself. But yes, actually, with regard to uh, non, non-famous non fans, I must admit I did use quite a lot of my friends um, for interviews and they would put me on to other people. So, um yeah, but I did. I did do a couple of call-outs on various social media sites, saying, "Do you love the Archers?" Um, and yes, no, I could. I could have interviewed ten thousand people. Really, who else have I got? Hang on. Uh, oh yes, I've got Kerry Davis, who I know that you're fond of on um, the um, Dum Dum podcast. He he's one of the interviewees, mm-hmm. uh, and a well-known podcaster called Lucy Freeman. Never heard of the, her. Never yeah, heard of her. Uh, no no she's she's, <laughs> she's going to be big uh, yeah she's <laughs> up and coming um yes so yes but the other thing that we did with social media was um i updated it i put in there's kind of um an appendix at the end with if this isn't enough for you here's lots more things about the archers so i put in lots of um facebook and um twitter sites that are, are fun and websites uh, so they're all in there as kind of you know extras Cool. So, who was the most rabid um, celebrity archers fan who you interviewed? Ooh. Well, I don't know. They were proper bonkers. Proper bonkers. Yeah. Well, uh, David Aronovich, the journalist, mm-hmm. uh, when in answer to the question, I asked him all the same questions, and in answer to the question, the archers is wonderful because he, he I think his answer was sort of interestingly representative of the slightly crazed Archers fan. He said, well, I don't know if it is wonderful. Um, I've got my friends divided very firmly into two camps, those I can talk to the Archers about and those who think I'm crazy, Um, which, you know, I think quite a lot of us have that kind of friend divide. Mm. Um, Those who, you know, we know we can't talk about it and those who we sigh with relief when we see them because we know that we can discuss the latest. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know who was the... Um, okay, let me put it another way. Who's the most passionate Ambridge Ultra? Gosh. Well, well, Sally Wainwright um, answered the question. She used to write for the Archers. You know, she's now the writer of um, Last Tango in Halifax and mm-hmm. uh, various other things. Um, and she's sort of really passionate about it, I think. She, um, she was very passionate about her dislike of David. I had to tone really? that. Really? Yes. I couldn't put in what she originally said about David. It was too rude. <laughs> and um, Well, she doesn't want to be listening at the moment. You know, the, the roof's feeling somewhat uh, marginalised, isn't she? She is, I know. I know. Well, she's probably she's probably throwing more things at the radio than normal, is Sally Wainwright. Um, yes, yeah, no, she, she's very passionate about it. She talked about, um, she remembers an episode that I think was before I was listening, which was her favourite episode, which was when Eddie was sick and the piano. Does that mean anything to you? It doesn't, I'm afraid. Oh, no, she's, she goes way back. 
Um, so, yeah, no, she was probably, I don't know, she was probably the one who answered the questions most passionately, <laughs> if swearing is a sign of passion. <laughs> so you're um, an author for hire, so to speak. I can be, yes. What yes. Want me to write, yes. Um, what do I want you to write? Write me a big check, please, because I'm skint. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are you up to at the moment? Now the book's out, um, what's next? Um, well, I'm I'm a novelist, really. I've I've already published two novels, and I'm writing the third novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, if anything archers related came my way again, I would definitely go for it because it was really fun. Um, it was a nice break from novels. I was going to say it's it was nice to do nonfiction. I, I have slightly struggled with this because it's obviously nonfiction in the sense that I had to research uh, information that's out there. But obviously, it's it's fiction, really. No, no it's not. It's a docudrama. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's, but yes, what, but it's, I, I found it slightly hard to categorise. But yes, no, I'd love to do some more archers things. Um, I'm still blogging about the archers. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I just my most recent blog is why Calendar Girls is Linda's most crazy venture yet, um, which can be read on the website Pause Live Action, which is not my website actually. I just write for it. Um, it has like lots of TV and radio reviews. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. Pl- 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 plugging away with the third novel and um, yes, looking around hopefully for other archers, archers things, archers gigs. So if folk want to buy your book, how can they do that? Well, it is all over the place, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want a signed copy, <laughs> why Ooh. they would, I don't know. But some people like signed and dedicated copies, nice for Christmas presents. They can buy it on my own website. Uh, which is bethmiller.co.uk. But that isn't the cheapest way to buy it. Uh, the cheapest way, frankly, is off Amazon or the book people who are both selling it very cheaply. Um, but it's in Waterstones and I believe it's in National Trust shops. And, yeah, um, just about everywhere, really. Fab. Well, I know what I'm buying myself for Christmas. <laughs> uh, something completely different? No. Oh, all right, the book. Right, good. For the Love of the Arches, an unofficial companion by Beth Miller, which also has a foreword by Charles Collingwood, don't you know? Ah, uh, yes. Now, I must just quickly plug that. Yes, so Charles Collingwood, uh, Brian, has done the foreword, um, which is really lovely of him. And there's, um, on YouTube, uh, the uh, publisher of this book, Abby, has interviewed Brian, well, Charles, talking about his life, uh, well, his life as Brian, uh, as it were, um, which is very sweet. It's just a five-minute video, and it's really, really nice. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he apparently has read the book and enjoyed it, so that's great. Fab. Well, Duncan says it's a fantastic romp through the world of Ambridge and must read for any Archers fan. So I'm an Archers fan, so I'm going to read it. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. There you go. Done. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.